You kept this family together while I was at Azmur. You helped me in my print shop when I was grieving for Claire. With this, one hand you made some of the finest whiskey ever pass my lips. You will do so again. You, the only one that can show your son what a useless man like you can achieve. How proud he can make his father. He did again, but it's you, not what you do or give or provide. It's you we need. To come home. Wonderful. Morpheus. I'm not who I once was, Lord. I don't know if I can be that bad again. You can. You will. All the way. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome back to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. Oh, my name is Blake. And uh, what an episode. What an episode. Oh my gosh, right? I mean, for many of us, we've now been able to watch this episode several times. There are just things that you're going to want to rewatch over and over again. Lots of points to talk about. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pretty pumped about this episode. Now, if you're in the future, if you yourself are a time traveler and you come back to this episode of Outlander cast, we want to let you know that this episode is episode 603 and the basic TV guide mini recap that we got for you is Jamie's authority is tested when... Oh, wait, is this the same one? Nope, it's... it's I thought you had put this in. So never mind. I'm going to like make this up and riff. Okay. Roger goes through some deep, scary stuff. Baby floats down the river. Not Roger. Fergus goes through some deep, scary stuff. Roger saves, saves a wee bairn from the river. Um, the family's just going through a lot of tough stuff right now. And a lot of truths are open up to, to them all. And um, I think that's really my basic recap. TV guy does a much more eloquent version family's going through a lot but they're opening up to each other <laughs> and tom christie's hand was operated on <laughs> so all right so before we get into the rest of the show we want to make sure that you know you can find blake and myself on all sorts of social medias we are available on instagram facebook youtube uh just search mary and blake and of course you want to thank our friends who are members at join the if you are watching live give yourself a shout out JoinTheNerdClan.com is a one-stop shop to really support this mom-and-pop podcast. You can give a hashtag GoNerdClanGo so you could see some other NerdClan members who are joining live. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts for making all of this possible. All right, let's get into the show. Blake, break down the episode details for us. So the title was Temperance. The writer was Shayna Fuel. She has been uh, part of Outlander since 2018. She has written Blood of My Blood, If Not for Hope, and Monsters and Heroes. And uh, the director was Justin Malotnikov. And I don't have his um, credits up here. Hold on one second. I messed this up. It's okay. 
He's done a lot of stuff. Uh, let's see. He's a fancy man with a uh, He has directed uh, episodes of uh, Poldark, Lucky Man, uh, Doctor Who, Atlantis, Da Vinci's Demons, and Merlin, as well as uh, Shameless, uh, and some other stuff here, too. But that's uh, those are his big credits. Awesome. All right. So we love to kick things off early on the episode with our kilt ratings. The kilt rating, of course, is on a scale of one to five kilts, one being it was a terrible episode, to five being it was one of the best. So if you're joining us live on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, let us know what your kilt rating is from a scale of one to five. Um, Blake, what's yours? I'm going to give it a four, four. That is so low. No, I don't think so. I think um, I I am creeped out by Malva and okay. I am creeped out by uh, Tom Christie. And okay. I think he's got some weird stuff with Claire going on right now. All right. Uh, and but I think that the stuff with Roger and also the what we played at the beginning of our episode here is what saved the episode. Oh, saved. Wow. Okay. Hey, um, I'm giving it a five kilts. This is my favorite so far of season six. I have loved rewatching it. Um, so next we're gonna delve into the GBGs. This, of course, is the good, the bad, and the great of the episode a nice little oreo sandwich of things so i'll kick things off my good i don't care how basic it is can i get an amen for some kilt in this episode it was even what jamie was wearing when he was talking to fergus he had some of his nice uh tartan showing and i love that he's just able to still rock it so here 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 for any tartan that i get to see um all right my bad the CGI of the basket going off the waterfall. I know it's something small, but I couldn't unsee it. And I even rewound it a couple times. Like they had a normal basket. Why didn't they just let it fall off a little waterfall? It just looked really weird. And for me to notice CGI is bad, that's how you know it's bad. Unless it really was a real basket and it just looked CGI to me on my TV. And then my great is this family. Yes, they are going through hard things. And I got to tell you, you know, I was sitting here and this episode is hard. They're going through hard things. They're digesting their own traumas. And I just think that it's, it's, it can be difficult. Here we are. We've all been in like difficult past couple of years. But this family is a village and they are helping each other. And people who are not struggling currently at the moment are able to help those that are. And I think that that's truly beautiful. It makes me envious that I'm not living on the ridge right now, man. I would love to have one of those villages myself. Um, so that's my great is I just love this family and I love how they're helping each other right now. Yeah, for me, the good was, um, you know, the funny thing is, I, I don't know if the show has figured out how to write Roger finally um but i i gotta say that even though uh the CG- even though the actor gave me a fish pin yes even though that happened <laughs> and uh even though the cgi with that scene was very bad it was um and the way that he spoke to the kids and how he even spoke to germain germain and, and like that that deep guttural germain like that um germain! yeah that was that was um like in talking about how like Satan will drag them to hell, like yowza. I, it's I, funny because we've been able to meet Rick Rankin. Yeah. And like that was so not Rick Rankin. Yeah. That was Roger. The 100% seen him flopping around. I wonder if he got hurt on some of those rocks. I know. Right. And part and of me was just kind of like, just double. run a little bit more, man. And you would have gotten to that kid. No problem. But you just, when you're you on did slippery the, rocks, you did you the dramatic thing. So Veronica saying finally Blake is a Roger fan. No, I'm not there yet. Oh, but- Catherine said hashtag justice for Roger. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that I I think the show is finally figuring out how to write Roger. And uh, I think that's a good thing. Agreed. So uh, my bad is actually a tie. Uh, when <laughs> Angela said clutching my heart. It's the big one. Uh, uh, the the first thing is Lionel Brown just appearing in a fade in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, that was not great, Bob. I thought that was cheap and cheesy. It looked bad. It, How would you have preferred they do that? I would have preferred him just be there. Just when she looks up, boom, she, he's right there, not fading in. Okay. Uh, and not fading out. Like, I don't want any of that. It reminded me of... Uh, and I hate, to, I hate to admit this, but it's the truth. It reminded me of The Dark Knight Rises when... Uh, Raz al Ghul, hashtag spoilers, uh, talks to uh, 
talks to Bruce and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to be here. and I'm going to haunt you forever. And he just like fades away as he's like being really creepy. It was just, man, come on. That was so cheap and cheesy. I don't want that. And uh, that's how that felt uh, when I only want real ghosts, not cheesy ghosts. Yeah. Like I just think, uh, yeah, a Ferris here on Facebook says, I agree, Blake, just jump cut to him. Yeah. hundred percent. Just jump cut with where you know or smash cut whatever just like where when she looks up at the mirror he's behind her and he says what he says or he says what he says and they move to her in the mirror and he's just there i would have much more appreciated that Ooh, laurel says they should have done lionel lionel in the mirror like jamie and frank at the statue in inverness uh yeah um but that's a question. Are they trying to have Lionel be a ghost in some way, shape, or form? Or is it all in Claire's head? Because well, yeah. you can't say that Jamie appearing to Frank, season one, episode one. Well, I think I would argue that if a, if a ghost is going to appear, it would be Lionel to Marsley, not Lionel to Claire. Right? Because Marsley was the one that killed him. Yeah. So uh, my my sense is that it's a figment of her imagination, not a not a ghost necessarily. Okay. Um, but I mean, there there could be an argument to be made because that... he died in her house, and if if that were the case, um, how do ghosts work in Diana's universe? We are still finding out. Yeah, I would agree. And my great uh, oh, my other bad was when Malva and um, Ian are just walking, and she's like, "So my mom was." Uh, my mom was killed, and Wait, why is this bad? Hold on, hold okay. on. Uh, my mom was killed, and yeah. she was she was a witch, yeah. apparently. And Ian's just like, oh, okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna whistle past that graveyard. We're not gonna delve into that at all. Why wouldn't Ian react that way? Well, because you'd be like, what happened? No, did you, you, see you would Ian's say, puppy you would, eyes. You would say, oh my He's god, not really what, listening. You would say, oh my god, what happened? He's just daydreaming. Although there was this reaction when he when she initially talked about her dad or whatever, and he's like, yeah, he's kind of weird. Like yeah. I just I liked that. Um, and my great, obviously, it has to go to um, Jamie and Fergus. This this scene is a special one. It is one that uh, I think helps define the show, and I think it works on so many different levels. But the important thing is that Jamie has Fergus remember that it's specifically him that um, his family needs. And it's specifically, it's not just anybody else. It's not just any man. It's not just somebody else who could could come in who's got two hands. It's they need you because you're the husband and you're the dad. And uh, it doesn't matter what happened or what's going to happen. Um, you were there to help me. I'm here to help you and your family needs you. And <laughs> Caitlin like Marie writes in, it's about time Jamie talked to him. I agree. Where have you been, dad? Yeah. Um, and, and I, I just, I'm busy. I just like the fact that the show is able to reflect a little bit more in this relationship because it has been so busy with everything else. Um, during this time, like during the, the run since adult Fergus showed up, um, he's been somewhat of a side character. So I am ecstatic that the show was able to dedicate as much time to him, not only in this episode, but in this season, as much as it has, Mm -hmm. because that feels real to me. That feels the emotional math adds up. It doesn't feel like, Oh, the, and I guess we can get into the analysis of the rest of the show, but the emotional math of what Fergus did does not feel dramatic for the sake of being dramatic. It feels as though it is a natural buildup to a character who is suffering and is struggling with his role um, since a major, major happening in his life. And it feels like someone who is making a poor choice because he doesn't know what else to do. Mm. And the fact that they can build onto that character the way that they are and have Jamie interact with him the way that he is, is a special thing for that relationship and what that means to not only Jamie, but to uh, Fergus and Claire and how the, all three of them have this kind of symbiotic relationship, even though he's the son, you know, within quotes. Uh, yeah. I like that. feels good. 
Good. Good. So a lot of things happen in this episode and everyone kind of has their own storyline and things that are going within them. And, and they, they also get to have, um, they get to all kind of have like happiness and sad moments. You know, they get to have all of this mixed together. So um, I figure we can just kind of go in order of timeline of how things went in the show. Yeah. If sure. that works for you. Sure. So we of course start things off with Henri Christian in the basket. And we get that amazing scene, like you said, with Roger reprimanding the boys. Um, and to be honest, <laughs> the kids are just all kind of blended together for me. So yeah, I, I didn't necessarily who. be like, oh, my gosh, Jermaine's with that bunch. And this is what's happening. And, you know, um, so I'm happy that I almost think that Roger yelling Jermaine so strongly has now really helped solidify with us, you know, cause the kids like the kids just change. It's a new season. They get a little older, all this kind of stuff. So for us to truly, it, it made me as a viewer, like really be like, that's going to be Jermaine. So I can tell him apart from all the other kids coming up. Cause there's a lot of grandkids and there's going to be just a lot of kids in, you know, on the Ridge. So I liked that. For me, almost, mm-hmm. you know, the, the yelling made the made it super important to me. So, um, but I am disappointed in Jermaine. I'm disappointed that he is, is he let these kids take the baby and put him in the water. Well, I mean, after his father's reaction to the baby, how can you like blame him <laughs> for what uh, is? I mean, he, he he saw his dad's reaction. Yeah. Uh, and and there, I mean, there is some truth to the fact that he's also seen his mother's reaction, everybody oh. else's reaction. But when your dad does something like that to who is your baby brother, it's like, yeah, you know, maybe something is wrong with the kid. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe I will burn if uh, if I touch this kid. Oh, Roger, then baptizing him. I mean, this man. It's so interesting because he's in this episode, he's just so well acquainted. Like everyone's just so well acquainted with the times. But for a moment, I forgot he's a time traveler. The way that he handled these kids and baptized this this wee bairn in in the river. And, you know, you forget that this is a man from completely different century. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, a man who's been at university. He's done all, you know, been on planes, like done all these things. And yet he is. He's kind of taken this this right-hand man role, you know, this uh, general, not general, what's the next, what's the second in command, lieutenant? Sure. Yeah, role on the ridge. And even if it's just, even if it's just the authority in this, the place of worship and the authority with the kids, you're really getting to see him be a standout person. And so they go back to Fergus and Marcelie's house and I wanted to just drop a pot of, Something just to make a big cling when Jamie's like, oh, OK, so the band's OK. All's well, then all is well. <laughs> and, and I'm like, Jamie, I wanted to yell at my TV. And thank God the timing with Marceline was so on point. Well, I should drown a lot of them in a well, says Marceline. I'm like, yes, 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 girl. Oh, giving her some big <laughs> FIs. A little bit of a bad for me would be that Marceline has lost the baby weight a little too quickly. Okay, after that, (laughs) after having this baby, but you know, I know they don't want her just to like wear an extra bump because Lord knows she has been wearing a bump for how long? She's been pregnant forever. Oh yeah, I feel like the least the past season and a half. So they were probably like, fine, you can lose the baby weight because you have a bad relationship with your husband and you're not eating anymore because you're upset by it. Like we'll just, we'll just whistle past this one a little bit. Um, What makes me... um, so, so sad about this. I, I think I just want to jump for a second is when Fergus is able to say that he thinks that Ami Christian is the way that he is because his wife was beaten. Mm-hmm. And he believes that he, he is at fault for that. Yeah. Cause he wasn't there to protect her. You know, we are so fortunate to live when we do and to have the advancements in science and to know all these things we know. And you can, you really, it it just puts things – this episode really made me think about the time travelers, you know, about how lucky we are that we would know that dwarfism isn't something caused because you weren't there and your wife got beaten. Like it was just how Henri Christian was, was already being made. It's not 
Fergus's fault. It's not Marcelie's fault. It's nobody's fault. And um, I just think that you kind of step back and you, you have to realize like, oh yeah, Fergus doesn't know because Fergus isn't a time traveler. You know what I mean? Like they're all there together. So it's easy for some family members to have this knowledge and to have this, of course, it's not your fault, but we need to keep in mind that half of the family isn't from the future and they don't have the scientific knowledge. Mm -hmm. They have, they, they, they all come from like superstitious lands you know, that they don't have necessarily explanations for things like dwarfism. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I don't know. That's something that I really enjoyed about this episode is I had to keep pulling back being like, what do they know? Mm. You know, and then you got poor Ian in the middle. Who's, who's kind of living in both who worlds. Knows yeah, some yeah. things, but not everything. And the other thing too, that you have to keep in mind too, is that even though, you know, um, uh, Fergus isn't from the future. All in Mary, you're right. He comes from a mystic, not mystic, but just like a, a background of accepting these kind of odd things that we look at now as odd, but at the time it's perfectly reasonable. Um, the other, even irrespective of all that, is Fergus has experience with dwarfism, and it was one that was not great. And there's a friend. Yeah, a friend who's just Luke. who just cut his throat cut in the in in the in this alley. Uh and you know, he was being used as a toy, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um it's again, not I'm not providing an excuse for Fergus. I'm looking at it from his perspective where it's like I can understand why he would have that kind of reaction and then feel even more upset at his reaction and what that would then entail with to his relationship to Marsley. Uh, yeah. I, I, when, when you feel like, and even Marsley saying like, I'm going to have a whole man or not at all. I know that's a callback to pre to previous seasons, but I, that does not feel to me like the best opportunity to say something like that to, to Fergus. Uh, especially, you know, cause he's missing a hand cause he's missing a hand and, okay. And how that, you know, it just, <laughs> just too many hand jokes going around, you, you know, you, you know, that he's already, he's already sensitive to that commentary. Why even broach that subject at all? Mm -hmm. But I mean, but when things are said in the heat of the moment, that's what happens and it is what it is. All right. Let's talk hand surgery. So Claire leaves Fergus and Marsley's house. Her grandbaby was just saved from the river. She's freaking out because these kids are superstitious, thinking the baby's going to burn them. She's just, and Claire's the one that she's the physician. So she just had to like check the baby. She pretty much had a pediatric appointment right there. Her heart's racing. She huffs it on over to the big house. And who's waiting there for her? But Tom Christie. And what does he say? Oh, it took you so long. Been waiting for 40 minutes. Like, how long was I going to have to wait? You didn't even have an appointment. You weren't even on my schedule. I can't be here all the time. There was a baby down the river. And he doesn't even, he asks at the end. She says, I'm sorry. My grandson was just like down the river. The kids think he's superstitious. They have lovely superstitions. Ba, 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 ba. You know, do you feel that way? No, I don't. And it's not until the end where he's like, so how's the baby? He's fine. Okay, good. Like, buddy, you lead with that. Yeah, pretty much. That's what you're supposed this to This is the first mention, though, where he says, I don't think you're a witch. And, yeah. I, and I'm a man of a, I'm a learned man. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little, I, oh, there's some stuff going on here with, with Tom Christie. What do you think? Um, I don't know yet. Okay. Um... The way that he speaks to her is one of like admiration, a, a, a testament of admiration, but also judgment mm. in many ways. Okay. And it's the it reminds me of the the, uh, the way that like you know you like somebody, but you you hate the fact that you like them. Ooh. And you know that it probably ain't, probably ain't right. I don't know what you're talking about, aside from like music. No, I just. Or I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I like this song so much. Um, Can I tell you what it is? Sure. Kids Bop Thunder. 
the remake from Imagine Dragons. <laughs> thunder. Feel the thunder. My kids and I listen to it. We don't need to listen to the kids pop version. It's not like there's bad things in it. Yeah. I'm embarrassed to admit it, but we listen to it a lot. <laughs> you know, I think that there is some irony in Tom saying how how much of a learned man he is and you know, I know you're not a witch, but then he you know, he he treats Claire the way that she does with the you know, the 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 book and how he is so insistent upon reading his prayers and not listening to Claire about the ether because it's, you know, it's the devil's ju- what a juice or whatever the hell he Potions. called it. Po- yeah, sure. Like, I, it just, it's so ironic that he is able to quote, and you can believe him when he does say it. Like, I believe that he is a smart guy, like, but he still holds all of these uh, old truths that don't apply to reality. Uh, and... And it, the show almost kind the the show almost makes a mockery of him in a sense that Jamie is the one that's reading the prayer book and it's almost played off as a joke. Oh my gosh, for him to be like the right hand, oh fitting. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, and, and and I'm not saying that's bad. In fact, I I quite liked it. Like I like the fact that the show winks at you a little bit. It 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 um. The show winks at you knowing that it's in on the joke with you. Yeah, and, I love and I it. And I like that. Uh, and so um, I like the fact that the show can tell you that the, that Tom is right and good in a way, but also a complete clown in another at the same time. Won't take the ether. Didn't want to take the whiskey for a little while. Yeah. But then we don't want it to go to waste. So he's fine. Once he realizes the pain. And the other thing, too, is that, like, Tom does this thing with Claire where he makes sure that Claire knows that, you know, he doesn't think that she's a witch. It's like he's trying way too hard to impress Claire or to, like, I don't know. It's You know, I'm I'm not sure. It's funny. You know, so much of Claire is the healer, right? And I think that part of me is like, why did we spend so much time on his hand surgery, if not just for comedic relief? And maybe that's what it was there for. Mm -hmm. Gross surgery, which you know Claire's got to get at least one of them in a season. She needs a gross (laughs) surgery, all right, where we're all like squirming, being like, dang, Claire, you do the, you cut really well and you're gross. So that's what I'm thinking is that this might be, one of the gross surgeries. Um, then we get the comedic banter, you know, the right hand, the whiskey, get the bucket. But aside from that, it took a lot of time. Sure. And I feel like, like you're saying, you know, there's all these references that he makes in addition to it. And maybe it's also to like, um, dilute the other references. The, the, I don't think you're a witch. I'm a learned man. Cause then we have that part where she goes and checks on him. AKA looking for a little bit of ether. Yeah. You know what? Before we get into that, why don't, okay. we, why don't we thank our, our, uh, our partners today? Okay. So um, if you want to dress like a true Scotsman, you need a kilt. I mean, hello. Did you hear me? It was my good of this episode is to wear a kilt. And Scotland Shop are your experts on hand to help. Look no further scotlandshop.com kilts come in hundreds of different tartans fabrics and of course have to be made to fit you we know this might seem a bit daunting so scotland shop offer virtual appointments via video calls so they can talk you through how to order and help you take your measurements properly and to help you figure out what accessories and extras you might need because i gotta tell you if you're gonna be going to some events of the scottish ilk you need all the accessories blake knows he showed up Thinking he was one of the finest chaps at our no, I was I was I was I was a jabroni of the highest sort, a tartan ball, and but but you know what's great about it is now he knows what's on his wish list. He yes. knows what he wants to be getting next, and we can get that at Scotland Shop. So they even offer a clan consultation if you can't work out which tartan you can wear. So you can go online and book appointments with their amazing staff, and you get to hear their authentic Scottish accents, which will just you know. Make you be happy in general. How can you not smile when you listen to someone's Scottish accent? Let them give you a hand to choose your tartan and make uh, take your measurements. This will be an authentic 
traditional kilt made in Scotland just for you. And you can get it 15% off by going to the coupon code section, OutlanderCast. There's tons of great stuff there. Yep, 15% off with OutlanderCast as the coupon code. That's it. So, Mary, let's let's talk about Tom Christie and how, you know, he, he again, the irony of him saying that he's a learned man, uh, essentially saying that he wants to be able to use his hand to do learned things, yet really what he's trying to do is take out his frustrations on his daughter, who yeah. may or may not be his daughter, given the timeline of what has happened. Mm-hmm. And oh, there's a there's this juicy bit of stuff. Is it the hair? Uh, no. You got a lot of hair. Yeah, uh, yeah that's – yes. <laughs> creepy, 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 creepy. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. Something Why don't you wear right. a hat? Because I don't want to wear a hat. Something ain't right. I'm, I'm busy saving lives. But there's nobody this, got time for a hat. There's this juicy interplay, and it's not it's it's not written necessarily. Juicy. Are we talking it, about the book, the filth? No, um, it's not written necessarily on like to you know in your face written. It's just implicit. The fact is, Claire was gonna go huff some glue when she when Through she ether. yeah okay. when she was gonna okay, and as she was about to, Tom is the one that wakes up and stops her from doing it, and instead of relying on huff and glue, mm-hmm. Claire does well what she does, and that's save people. Yes, and that is all thanks to Tom being awake. And it's again, it's not intentional. It's not like he thought this up and said, I'm going to save Claire. But the, then that's why this is, again, I use the phrase juicy. It's just, it's just punchy. It just feels right that a person who is clearly going to cause Claire and Jamie a lot of stress, he is the reason why she isn't falling back on ether at this moment. And there also, in my estimation, seems to be some kind of there there's going to be some kind of tension. All right, you know what? I will I will Bring do it on. I'll I'll I will do an early Atlantis theory. <laughs> okay. There has to be some kind of tension between Jamie and Claire as it relates to Tom. Because Tom is definitely, you know, just cozying his way up to Claire in a way that I don't think is good. Okay. And the the whole hair comment and the the the, the and then the way that it's almost like he's kind of like hitting the girl that he doesn't like and that he likes. You know, like you know when you're a little kid, you just pick on the girl that you like or you hit the girl that you like. Uh, well, nobody liked me when I was a little girl, so I didn't know of any of that. Um. I was too tall. So I just, that's what I feel is happening between, well, no, that's what I feel is happening on Tom's side as it relates to Claire. And in a way, like he's in a way that he misses his wife and he, I think he sees Claire as the version of his wife that he doesn't even know that he wanted. Mm. Uh, And much in the same way that I think, Malva sees Claire in a way that she could be the mother that she always wanted. Mm. And in response to Tom feeling the way that he does, I think he beats Malva. Mm. Like even more so because he has these guilty feelings about his wife. He's got these guilty feelings about Claire and Malva's there and like watching that girl see her dad in so much pain and deriving so much pleasure out of it was like a little like she's going beyond Dakota Fanning weird. Like it's, it's like, whoa, weird. Interesting. All of us who know the future, thanks to the books, we have a resounding interesting. So please put that in the comments if you are joining in live. Yeah. Uh, As we always do for, for Blake's outlandish theories. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just. What do you think pushed Tom over the edge with the book? That it was filth. Did he get aroused? 
Yeah, I'm telling you, he's got these <laughs> weird feelings for Claire, and he's got and and I think he again, it, it's he who doth protest too much. It's like, yeah, that book's filth. It sucks. Yeah, well, it but sucks because really, you like, enjoyed wrote, it. He like wrote like notes. Yeah, he wrote it in the margins. You could tell. It's like those guys that read Outlander, and they're like, yeah, that book sucks, guy. Yeah, but then the, then you catch him reading it in, in the dark corner one day, and 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 talking about blood of bone of my bone and and all the other stuff i loved how he was like uh claire do you know that jamie has scars on his back and she's like yeah "Yeah, man we bone every night yeah sometimes i lick the scars i don't even know she wouldn't do that though that's more blackjack Reynolds. yeah that's yeah maybe she puts oil on them sure you You know know? some vitamin e yeah to try to like help with that vitamin c i'm down with that yeah sure you know know? but and she's like yes i know and he's like well do you know where all of them are from like he's trying to get cred, and he's trying and he's cred, yeah. But he's also doing this thing where, it, it, like, he's bad mouthing Jamie in front of Claire. Like again, I'm telling you, he's like a he's like a 13 year old boy that likes this girl and doesn't know what to do. So he like he bags on her, and he and then she st- and then he starts making fun of her boyfriend. Like that's what that's what Tom Christie is. He's got all these feelings bubbling up. And because he's been so emotionally uh, stunted because of these weird things that he's got going on, Tom Christie's a weird dude. Oh, you want to know what the best part is? My best, I mean worst. Hey, so um, I think I'm going to be besties with these guys called the Browns. Yeah. That- and Claire's like, no, they're actually wretched, terrible people. So promise me you won't do that. And he just puts his hat on. Doesn't say yes or no, and skedaddles on out. Yeah. Thanks for helping me with my hand. I get to go beat my daughter, mm-hmm. and I made some new best friends who don't have scars on their back and aren't, you know, six feet four and yeah. aren't kick, king kick of men. my ass. Yeah. Any they're like day. my style. We, we even have the same hairdresser. That's <laughs> why even, they're my best friends. I even look like the other guy. <laughs> I, I, they, even, they actually didn't even know. I just started to walk in with them, and it was like Home Alone. You know where they got the extra kid in the van? I just walked in, ate their food, hung out. They sound pretty cool. Oh, man. So we need to figure out a name for our time traveling segment. Oh, we do. Yeah. Because we didn't do one for the last episode. That's true. And I realized that. And I'm like, oh, man. Well, we ran out of time. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. So, um, oh, we did run out of time. You're right. Yeah, we did run out of time. Alas. Alas. Okay, so you ready? For sure. a little question. And okay. Yeah, we need to get I, like music for it at some point and do it. Um, hold on. Let's see if I got anything here. If, if I if I have something, I'll play it. Let's let's see if I got okay. anything. Uh, no, I don't. Sorry. It's okay. Oh, wait. I, I could do this. No. It's okay. It's a little too American-y. It's, it's, it's just very, yeah. Hey, you know what? They're from America, so it's okay, because it's all about Brie for this time-traveling question. I'll pick our American girl for it. So what would your next toy be that you would make that sneakily is from the future Oh, the that vroom. you can nickname Vroom or whatever? Oh, that's a good one. Because I thought that was really cute. You know, Brie is now make has made the the wheel yeah. for for Marcelli, and in comes little Jammy with the room. And why do you call it room? Oh, it's just the sound he makes. Somebody put here. Um, <laughs> Caitlin puts the Wayne's World music. I like that. And then somebody else put. Oh, Denise put. You need the Jeopardy theme, but on bagpipes. Oh. See, I want something from season six. The soundtrack for season six is so so good. It is that it, it needs is. to be highlighted. All right. So, so what, what would, I make would you as make a toy, as a toy for I... like a little kid that is like a nod to something in the future, but the people in the past wouldn't know? Tell you, I wouldn't make matches. I'll do that seriously. Uh, Fail. Man, that's a great question. As a toy. What would be a good toy? Um, as a nod to the future. I mean, like you could say boat, but like they already got boats. They don't got cars, but they got they got carriages. Yeah. So, I don't know what I would make. Ooh, Astrid said the pull dog on a string. She could get away with that. Roger and she could get away with that. That's making true. that that thing. The or like the little like oh you know pull what? No, no, no. no you know what but I would do? Like what I, I would do a plane. Really? I would do a plane it, because it would 
Would I you mean, call it a bird? Uh, narratively, narratively, it would call back to Roger and his parents. Yeah. So that would make sense that as as a, as a young Cute. kid, Roger played with the plane and Roger would want his kid to play with the plane as well. Um, well, in the opening like montage with the song. Yeah. There's a little toy plane. So I would. Have I, you seen it? I, I don't. I'm not sure if I ever remember it. In this, yeah, in no, like, yeah, like season six it. opening. Okay, you're gonna see it. it. Okay. So maybe it was just osmosis. Yeah, probably. I mean, it was just a subconscious choice. <laughs> Nancy, Nancy says she'd make Play-Doh. Nancy for the win. They can make Play-Doh. Yeah, they can make uh, Play-Doh. That's oh, right. Oh no, they need cream of tartar. Oh yeah, they don't. Don't you they don't need that, that, or is that for meringue? I, have I no think idea. you need it for Play-Doh. What is even cream of tartar? Uh, I, uh, what is tartar? It's and why do cream. they make cream out of it? We're going to find out what tartar Please is do. right now. I know about plaque tartar. I hope they're not catching people. I mean, they've got enough dirty teeth back then. They could scrape off all the tartar they want. It was slinky. Look at everyone. They're coming up with some great, great ideas in this. So, so fun. Awesome. I, I like this fun little thing. Especially because this episode, as I said, it's got so many hard moments but I love that the family is all here to help each other through it. You know, we're able to have Marsley opening up to Fergus saying, I murdered a guy. All right. What is cream okay. of Tata? Ready? Tell me. Cream of Tata is cream of Tata is a dry powder like acidic byproduct of winemaking. Oh, my God. Just get um, Lord John Gray to send yeah, it. Called for in a myriad of di- di- different baking recipes from cookies to cakes to frosting. Grapes are a natural source of cream of Tata's main oh, ingredient. Easy. Tartaric acid, hence the Tata in its name, and when tartaric acid is half neutralized with potassium hydroxide, cream of Tata is the result, crystallizing into a hard crust on the inside you know, of wine barrels. Like they're not making wine, obviously they're they're making whiskey. Um, so I don't think they want to waste their time with grapes just for Play-Doh. But as I said, just put in an order. With Lord John Gray. Hey, Jemmy's birthday's coming up. <laughs> Barbara says calling Sir Gifts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Gifts a lot. Oh, we do I love him. about that. That was great. That was a, that's a deep reference. Good job there, Barbara. Um, I had something that I thought you'd be very proud of me about. Okay. I noticed the lighting somewhere. Did you? Yes. Okay. Not in the scene that we have on the screen right now. In Fergus and Marcelli's home. When uh, that whole scene where he's drinking and um you know Germain is like I'm hungry I'm hungry but the lighting was just so beautiful and they really showcase I don't know what they're called right now my brain's having a, a fog but the candle holders that have kind of like the plate behind them that uh-huh. really kind of amplify the light it was so beautiful in that scene for those of you who go back and watch it soon just note the lighting the way that it really kind of um encapsulates Marsley with it still being dark mm-hmm. there's a lot of shows that can't do that well and and you really have you you nailed it outlander gets the candlelight and firelight lighting yeah. down so well because a lot of the conversations do happen at night when the family's home together yeah. you know they're they're doing different jobs throughout the day so we have to have these beautiful moments here the and sconces thank you heather and then the other thing that you have to recognize too is that and i've noticed this in season five and certainly season six and i know we talked about this i think last episode the intentionality of the shots and how soft sometimes the camera is um, with its with its focus and how the 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 depth of field in the camera is so like even things in focus like when you're looking at Claire's face or uh, Jamie or they're closing up on like. When Jamie was signing the the document from uh, for the the British government to give over the guns, like you could see just his name in focus, but the rest of it was was softly out of focus. Mm-hmm. That is happening a lot in this season on many different scenes, and it's just so intentional. Like even the like the shots with the. Except for the bad CGI, but like with with the baby and and like even being intentional with the shot of the of the camera in the in the crib or in the basket as it's floating down the river, you just in seasons past you just didn't see this kind of mm. uh, direction and you didn't see this kind of cinematography. Mm-hmm. And I, if you're watching live, 
you'll see that I stopped on this photo here and on this slide and I stopped on this photo on the slide because for people who are home and listening or not home, but people who are, don't have the video aspect, yeah. it's where Jamie is kneeling down. He's talking to Jermaine. Um, and they're in the big gathering family room or whatever with oh, the fireplace. It's painted teal. And it's painted teal. And the reason why I'm calling this out is because. Is Adso sleeping in the back? Is that little gray, little tough? Oh, it might be. That's a good. That's I'm a just going to imagine. I don't know. You want to like it? It's so it's blurred out. out yeah. Focus. Um, <laughs> I'm calling it out because it is so well composed with the coloring. You see the fiery red orange uh, in the background uh, that is separating Jamie from the background. And then on the left hand side, you have see this bright yellow with this really sharp contrasted white right here on the shoulder of little Jermaine. Um, I feel like we have to yell his name. Jermaine! Jermaine! And in between is this beautiful teal that is acting as the opposing force against these yellows and oranges. And why does it look so good? Because it's opposites of the color oh, wheel. everyone's saying it's a hat. It's not Adso. Well, what In my mind, it's Adso. It's Adso, sure. In a little Stats basket. Um, <laughs> and the show, whenever you see this this room... The show really works. Not a room. A room. But a room. Yeah, it's a room. Not when a room. Not a room, but a room. <laughs> when you ever see, whenever you see this room or the room in the room, the show really works its magic because of this teal wall and the, the teal paint and the covering because of the orange candlelight that is lighting up the house. It is stunning. And I, that's why I had to call out that scene because it's just... So beautiful. So beautiful uh, on, on how they handle that. You know, as you got this pulled up with Germaine, um, it, another thing that I was thinking about in this episode were what it's like to be a sibling of someone who um, has special needs mm-hmm. and how a lot of times people, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of extra pressure and responsibility for a child like Germaine who now has um, his brother who's going to have differences than him and he's going to continue to be responsible for him and to stick up for him. And it just stood out to me a lot. For those of you who don't know, my older sister um, has severe special needs and, you know, it's always been something that has been a part of me and a part of my story, particularly when we were much younger and we, we lived together. Um, And it even made me think about families who their first child um, has needs and they choose to have a sibling so that that child has someone at the same uh, age, Mm. essentially to help care for them. Um, You know, I think about a friend of ours who was on the East side, um, you know, and she specifically said that, and it took a lot for them to have a second child, but she said, I don't want she and her husband were a bit older in age when they had their son who, who has a disability. Um, he's, he's, he's great. He's, he's super healthy and functioning and doing incredibly well. But she said, we want to have a sibling for him to have this relationship for his life to help care for him. And like, I've had conversations with my parents. I'm, my sister's still alive, but like, it's just known like that. I will be taking care of her. And so I don't know. I just, I don't get to have conversations frequently about what it's like to have someone who has, you know, special needs. And for, for my family, severe special needs where really you do have that conversation as a sibling because age does come into factor. And when mm-hmm. Fergus said that, he said, yeah, my lady, like, I know you and Jamie won't do anything bad to him. You're, you're getting older. I mean, especially for those times. You're getting old. Mm. And then I'm going to get old. And then what? Jermaine threw him in a, in a friggin' basket down the river. Like, <laughs> who's going to watch him? So it just, I don't know, it just stood out to me. Um, and that's why I'm saying, like, the family elements of this episode just continue to be such a strong thread. Yep, yep. Uh, one thing, I, the last thing I want to talk to you about, Mary, is is uh, is Masoli and the way that she handled Fergus. And the choice that she made to tell him that she killed Lionel. Yep. Um, obviously her intent was one thing mm-hmm. to prove that, you know, it's, it's not just up to Fergus to, to care for her. It's they're they're a team yet, despite her intent, the result was one of 
well, that's just one more thing that like you shouldn't even have to do that. That that's up to me, and I'm the man of the house. I wanted to get your thoughts on how that was handled, and did you think Masali handled it properly? By telling him that she she can fend for herself and that she killed Lionel. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Marsley. I'm glad she finally got to say something. I mean, this has been a long time for having to keep that secret to herself. Yep. You know, good for her. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that she's telling him, I'm not frail. I'm not meek. I want you here. You're part of this family. And she didn't mean it to be belittling. So. Yep. Yeah, I, it's it's an interesting dilemma. And again, this is when the show lives in gray. And why do you think it was gray? Like, what did she do that was wrong? Because I don't think she, I don't think what she did was wrong. I think her intent was one thing, but it ended up being another. And looking back on it, you can I can see why it would be reasonable to reassess that decision. I think that you can look at it and just say, this is a relationship. Like this is relationships. People say things and things are interpreted in different ways. And Mm -hmm. like, it's one of the beautiful things that Diana captures so wonderfully with these complex romantic relationships. You know, obviously Fergus and Marsley love each other. And obviously, you know, you know, they had such young love and the complexities of these relation of these partners who, who grow older, who go through big things together. Um, I just think that it's, I think it wasn't, I think that how she handled it was perfectly fine, but yep. I think that it shows how people interpret things, especially when they're with their partners. Um, yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that Marsley was wrong. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm noting that they're, that in that interpretation is a great thing because it allows conversation to be had. I mean, just even in the Marsley needs to go to the future because she would just kick butt. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. <laughs> okay, can I call out a couple of things? Yes, please do so. Jamie having the poker versus the baby. Oh, loved it. Touch one or the other. Loved it. Wonder what that was. What. That was my upbringing. I feel like that's <laughs> when I saw that. I was like, that's something that my mom would have done. Did Jamie do enough? My to mom would have said. You have to do one of these. Yeah. And one of them's going to hurt. Did Jamie do enough to punish those kids? Yes. I think so too. Yes. I and so. I love what, what he would like narrate, like, look at you made him laugh. Like, truth be told, Henri Christian probably just farted and like yeah, the gas right. made him smile. But well done, Jamie. But I did. I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a Scottish thing to do. Yeah. Like, oh. You're going to do this or you're going to do that? And Which then Claire, Claire's like, what would you have done if they touched the poker? Then they would have gotten hurt. I'm like, yep. oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> Anyone else who has like Scottish family where you're like, yes, they actually would make you do weird stuff like this. It's scary as hell. Yep. Um, okay. Every once in a while, something happens in an episode that I can't unsee. Okay. Like the basket, but worse. Or Jamie's Adam's apple. Okay. So this is Jamie's Adam's apple worthy. Okay. I'm going to ruin something for y'all. Okay. (sighs) When Claire comes back from being with Tom Christie, doing the whole like, you got a lot of hair thing. Okay. I wanted ether. I fed Adso. I talked with Adso. So cute. Friggin' love Adso being the um, emotional support animal that Mm -hmm. that Adso is. So she comes back and Jamie is literally sitting like Rose from Titanic. Yes. I... Uh, yep. Like, Jamie, just say I want to have sex, okay? Because that's how you're laid out on the bed. Like, Sam Hewen did not look natural at all. Mm-mm. And I know that in book, he wouldn't have been sleeping that well anyway because Claire is out of bed. In show, Jamie seems to be just fine. But, like, look a little more natural. Who looks like that in bed? Nobody. He honestly looked like, he was like one of your French girls. Yeah, he was flexing. And he's us. just sitting there. Yeah, with his arms perfect, like... And his chest, like... Are you showing all of my pecs? Like with con- the- concave. <laughs> You're like, guy, calm down. How many push-ups did you do before this scene? Oh, my God. It, you just, you can't unsee it. You're like, that's when you're out of character, and you're like, Sam, knock it off. You don't look natural. Yeah. How did they let that go? You know that them covers would be up. Like, he'd be underneath the covers. No, if Jamie wanted to have sex... Oh, it would just... No, he- no, yeah, you're right. 
I feel like if Jamie, I feel like if Jamie was awake, he would have just been naked, holding his legs, being like, "So, how was Tom? Is he still crazy? You know, yeah. like, don't pretend be asleep, sexy. Yeah. Okay. Either be sexy or be asleep and drool like the rest of us. <laughs> just whatever. Just, <sighs> just do something other than flex. That was not okay. And do forty push-ups before you before you hit the camera hits you. How would you like to collect cattails? Uh yeah, I'd be out on that. Blake, fun question. Sure. What do you think are the purpose of cattails? I have no idea. I have zero point. Make up a purpose. Uh, so that bugs get caught in it. I don't know. The cat, the things that Ian and Malville were pulling up, those are called cattails. Yeah, Did I you know. know what it, okay. Yeah, I know How what cattails. How do bugs is. get stuck in it? Uh, they get stuck in the little tuft of hair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The hell do I, what the hell do I know what cattails do? We have cattails all around here. It, it doesn't mean I know what they do. You didn't listen on any of your historical trips when you were a kid. What do they? What do they do? Did, did they make arrows? You could do so, no. Okay. No, well, they're then, not. They're not like that. Well, then what? What do they do? do, they, do Lots are they, of stuff. Are they for fires? You can use them as torches. Okay, sure. Okay, because there's got like some gray oil inside those little hard things right there. So you can use them as torches. You can eat the stalks. They taste like either cucumber or corn. If you eat them raw, cucumber. Cook them, coin. I ain't eating cattails. Listen, man, when you it's are weird, when you that's are hungry, weird. That's but yeah, Malva you can use weird. them as torches. You can literally use the entire cattail for all different purposes. Sure, freaking. I, I just, I was thinking of you in that scene. If you came back from time, and if Auntie Claire was like, "All right." Blake, your job today, Roger's going to go and like, you know, rustle up a baby. And Blake, you need to go get some cattails with with Ian. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, like, why? What, what for? Claire, I'm from the future. I, I, what's this going to do? I, I don't know. Like, and if, if it's like for fire, okay, I get it. Like torch. Yes, sure. they have. Yes. It's one of the purposes. Sure. Okay. I'm glad. But, and freaking Malva and Ian, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, they're young and horny. I, I don't know how I feel about this because she's Dakota Fanning weird and he is just way too sensitive right hey, now. Hey, if you're stuck on an island and there's only one person your age who's single. She's touching his face with yeah. the mockings. Oh, you and, know what that did. I, I know. Oh, it's, yeah. it's sent him bubbling up. I, but it he's just, like, he's got, got good things and got, bad things you've lived. He's got a pants tent right going on. Well, and she just learned that sex feels good. What, what do you mean? Oh, my God. You've blanked out on, like, this important thing. When Marcely is trying to be in labor yeah. and Fergus is pleasing her yep. in whatever way he is, because we don't know, but there's multiple ways, obviously, and you can do whatever you want when you're in labor. You go to town. Mm-hmm. And Melva's like, oh, my gosh. What's coming Oh, on? okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claire's right, like, yeah. they're doing some stuff, girl, and some people like it. It feels good. And you see Malva be like, all I want to do is a boom, boom, boom. Yes. And a vroom, vroom. Yep. Just shake your rump. Yep. Yep. I got you. So that's why I'm saying, like, you're stuck on a ridge. He he got full on pants tent when she touched his face. Because he's not going to go after the frog milk woman. No. Eden's mom. Oh, Oh. my God, the minister. Yeah. Oh, I got. Oh, oh, do I have an outlandish theory. How did Roger not freak out about the size of that bullfrog? (laughs) like i'm serious that was a big that thing could that thing's magical it'll take you through the stones i've never seen a frog yeah that big did it drink all the milk is that how it got so big just go gold (laughs) (laughs) that was big all right uh you got anything else you want to say about this you wanted to talk about aiden's mom because you got oh well i got an outlandish theory oh okay um that's all i had to say so, yeah, I, I, Malva, Ma, Mal, dude, Dakota Fanning weird. I, I, we called it. <laughs> Keelan Maurice and it's Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor grew up. Somebody found Trevor. You're a wizard, Harry. Oh, that's pretty funny. Good one. Good one. Good one. All right. You ready for uh, the Outlandish Theory of the Week? Yes. Want to let you know that this Outlandish Theory of the Week, of course, was brought to you by Weebox. <gasps> I love Weebox. Mary, tell me about Weebox. Weebox. Well, I'll, I'll pull up my notes. You first tell about Weebox. All right. So listen, Weebox is, is a little gift that you get sent uh, from-, from uh, It's a wee gift, one uh, might for, say. From Scotland. It's actually not that small. It's not. It actually comes pretty big. And, you know, by the way- That's what she said. It's a purple <laughs> box. Uh, and it comes with uh, usually five gifts. 
um, and that includes treats or things that you can't buy outside of Scotland. Oh so, my gosh. They're so cute and they're so special. And what I've loved about them is occasionally inside the wee box, there might be something that I may not be able to use. Um, you know, cause they, they, they send you all sorts of gifts. Yes. They, and because. We have friends who love Outlander. And because we have family with Scottish heritage. We just give it as gifts. I can like give them some of these gifts because they are super – like they're from Scotland. They're stuff you're not going to find from here. So there have only been like a couple of times where I'm like, I'm not going to make as much use out of this book. But I know my dad well. Right. My dad who like loves the fact that he's Scottish. Oh my yeah. gosh. He's <laughs> he's he's he a is, hoot. He is in on it. <laughs> he is so in on it. So and it comes wrapped in newspaper yeah. from Scotland. And that's a cool thing too. And it's a subscription thing as well. So you get one uh once a month and it's it's great. So go to Weebox.com. Let us let them know that we sent you there from Outlander Cast. And that is that. All right, here it is, my okay. outlandish theory. All right, so listen, this lady, what, the, 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 the mother, I don't even know what name. Aiden's mom. A- Aiden's mom, sure, okay? Aiden's mom. Way too much. I think much. they've only named her once, so we can call her Aiden's mom. Aiden's in trouble every episode, so we know Aiden. <laughs> way too much niceness going Bullfrog on. Bullfrog lady. Bullfrog lady. Way too much niceness. Okay. Okay? Too many things happening here. And, and all I could think of when Roger's sitting there against the wall and, and they're talking and they're laughing and whatever, all I could think of is Mary telling me. <laughs> all the book readers, I know the name. It's just Blake I know doesn't know it. <laughs> Amy. Okay, Amy. Sure. Whatever. Amy. Freaking See, Amy. This is how I knew he was going to react. So I'm like, you would just, you would just call nerds. her Aiden's mom. Aiden's mom. Bullfrog lady. Probably okay. a lot of a lot of show watchers will be like, that lady, Aiden's mom. Yeah. So, but so, yes. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Everyone keeps saying online, Amy, 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 Amy. We know. Um, okay, so Amy, let's use her real so name. Amy's there, okay? Amy and Bullfrog. She, and, and she's talking to Roger, and all I can think of is Mary telling me, don't go talking to <sighs> to women because women are bitches, and they will do things that are crazy, and they will they will say weird things, and they will do awful things to get your attention, kind of like how Tom is, is, is flirting with Claire right now. The, the, and Roger is just stepping into a pit of fire oh my right God. now. With, just like with you. Amy, with Amy. Blake's like, I'm just going to be helpful and be your friend. Yeah. You best be watching out. Yeah. And like all I could think of is just like Mary saying like, nope, women are bitches. And I've been right every time. And she has been right. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that you weren't. Yeah. Like you, you were. You we absolutely know. were. We know. We know when someone's like croaching in and being like, let me tell you about the problems I'm having with my boyfriend. Hell no. That's what diaries are for. Back off. <laughs> so all I'm saying is that Amy and Roger way too nice. There's there's just something brewing here. I'm not saying Roger's gonna step and it's out. It's not milk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe Roger's getting a pants tent. I don't know. All I'm saying. God, ew. All I'm saying is that there's something. I don't even like that phrase. Something's happening here, and I don't like it. And it may be outside of Roger's control. Maybe he's just trying to be the nice minister that he's going to be. But Amy, she got too many things going on, too many red flags. I mean, she's a stage five clinger. You can feel it already. More so, almost as much as Malva. Stage five clinger. She got red flags, alarms, red alerts should be should be sounding off in Roger's Why? head. Just. She's just staying she, home. I know. She's got a kid Aiden, who's she, who's she, doing she, bad things. She's she, got a bad kid who's a rebel. Bad rouser. kid who needs a father figure. She don't got the father around anymore. She got frogs in her milk. She got frogs in the milk. No one there. No one around to tell people, hey, to 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 screw the way that Roger did when it when it comes to uh, when it comes to Henri Christian. Telling you, Roger's trying to do the right Blake, thing. Like speaking from experience. Watch out. Watch out, Roger. Yeah, R- Roger. Mm-mm. Nope, this ain't this ain't gonna be good. Ain't gonna be good. All right, let's close this bad boy out, shall we? Interesting. All right. Oh yes, that's right. Thank you, Mary. Mark me. Please hang up and try again. <coughs> All right, here we go. so incredibly much for hanging on out with us whether live or in the future 
listening on a podcast. Speaking of podcasts, I would love it if you haven't yet left us a written review in Apple Podcasts. Whether you watch us on Facebook or YouTube or you listen to us on a completely different podcast app, having a written review, particularly in Apple Podcasts, goes a really long way for us. Yes, it does. That's the... One way, you know, people will tell you, oh, it helps with the algorithm, and it's, it's it, that's all a bunch of malarkey. What it really comes down to is, is that it's... It does. A, it, what? It does help with the algorithm. No, it doesn't. Oh. No, it doesn't. It, 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 oh, the more reviews that we get, blah, 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 it'll help us with exposure. Like, no. The more reviews means that you're, you're just, your show is popular, and what it comes down to is these people care enough to review your show and give nice words about it, and that helps other people discover it. It has nothing to do with Apple. It's just it, it, that it provides exposure in a way that is uniform and organic. Uh, and that is what we're trying to do because these reviews are word of mouth. And that is how most podcasts, the best podcasts are proliferated throughout the community. It is done this way. So we want to thank Annie Onisti who said, wow, I've just started listening to your podcast. I started watching Outlander last spring and I'm currently on the fifth book. I started listening to your podcast last week with the season six premiere. Then I went back and listened to your season one podcast. I just finished your discussion of La Dame Blanche, one of my favorite episodes. I find you both refreshing, smart and funny. I look forward to being a faithful listener going forward. Thank you for your keen insight and love of Outlander. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And we want to remind you all that we do have some exclusive Facebook communities, the Outlander Cast Clan Gathering and the Outlander Cast Clan Book Club for all of you book readers, where there's lots of great discussion. So if you know the future, if you yourself are a time traveler, that is definitely a group you want to check on out. Blake and I, uh, have our own Facebook group, the Mary and Blake group there. And of course, in addition to podcasting, I would love to help you with your makeup needs. Just search the hashtag Minute with Mary on Instagram or Facebook, or you can just go to minutewithmary.com. Um, if you have any questions, makeup or skincare, I would love to be your makeup lady. All right. On that note, my name is Mary. My name is Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. 